Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership, and we talk these things for real estate agents, investors, and entrepreneurs. Our two purposes, purpose number one, to spotlight you, Stephanie, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. And purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. That being said, we have Stephanie Smith. Stephanie Smith, she has a long bio, so you got to be with me. Stephanie Smith is a persistent closer, dominating real estate with her quick thinking, strategic decision-making, and witty humor. And learning the importance of owning her own at an early stage, Stephanie set out during college to buy her first home with her college refund check. After being shown about 100 properties, the home Stephanie picked unknowingly appreciated triple the purchase price in under one year. Amazingly for Stephanie, this new finding was the beginning of Stephanie's lessons to come in the world of real estate. Prior to her career taking off as a real estate investor, Stephanie was a certified school counselor within Pennsylvania for three years and in the Dominican Republic for one year. After being rejected for a renewal, for a renewal of contract as a school counselor, Stephanie began to reevaluate her passion and purpose in life. And knowing that she loved to help others, Stephanie sought out to devote her time, energy, time and energy into planning and execution of providing quality and affordable options for renters and home buyers. To date, Stephanie is the CEO of Wake Up Investments. Philly made construction and we heart vacations. She wears many hats. Trust me, many hats, y'all. As a licensed real estate agent, licensed and insured contractor, wholesaler, short-term rental host, Airbnb, landlord, and investor. She has three college degrees and in her spare time, she likes helping others. Hanging from trees and being on somebody's beach. Stephanie, welcome to the (laughs) podcast. Thank you That's so a much long bio. How you doing? Ab- absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited that you're here. We've, we've known each other long enough and um, I'm, I'm just excited <laughs> to have you here. So um, we have a few questions that I'm going to ask you. But before we get into those questions, I want you, you know, other than like the bio that we just read, tell us a little bit about you, Stephanie, in your own words. Okay. So I think I'm very fun and adventurous. I love real estate. Um, I will say that uh, a passion of mine is being able to help others. And so I begin my journey within real estate, seeing how it could potentially lead to financial and time freedom. And that's exactly what I want uh, for myself. Uh, So I'm super excited to be here to be able to share my knowledge. And yeah, let's go from there. Excellent. Awesome, Stephanie. So you got, like we said in the bio, you have, you wear many hats. And the first question mm-hmm. that we have, we're going to get into your career and what you do. The first question I have for you is, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Mm-hmm. And when I say career, I want you to, where would you say your is your primary focus is in what you do as an investor? Okay. So my primary focus as an investor I would say is doing my best to be organized. I think that uh, is something that I'm striving for more and more with delegation into my business and just putting certain systems in place to be able to help me throughout my business. As you noted in my bio, I wear a lot of hats within real estate uh, from being a construction, um, a contractor, from being an Airbnb host to being a renter. 
So I definitely need certain systems to be able to put in place to be able to manage my day-to-day tasks. So, so we kind of, what is your, what's your, so if I, if somebody said, Jerome, you're, what do you do? I would probably say primarily, like I also invest in real estate. I got a wholesale business. I got, you know, tech mm-hmm. business. I would say I primarily, I work with, um, I, I run like a marketing agency. We do marketing, right? Although I'm an investor. Mm-hmm. So for you, I pose the same question. What is it that you do? What can we call you of those many things? What's the primary thing? A contractor. Contractor. Mm-hmm. And and so what's what's a contractor? Like, is it in a construction contractor? Like, a, and I know mm-hmm. we do many things, but I'm trying to, you know, hone in on your specialty here. So. Okay. So I am a construction contractor. And what that looks like for me is simply project managing in a sense. So as a contractor, I do a lot of management for my properties as well as others. I take on more so small jobs. I have a couple full gut renovations I'm doing for a few clients now. But for the most part, when I have clients, I'm taking on smaller jobs. In my projects, I'm taking on full gut renovations. So it is more so for me managing, making sure that my subcontractors are in place or the people that I have directly working with me. I have about two and a half teams. I'm going to say a half because sometimes they in, sometimes they out. Uh, but I have about two and a half teams that I'm running between Delaware and Philadelphia currently. And with that being said, it is a lot of management, making sure that everyone's on site, doing what they need to do, making sure that they have the materials that they need on site uh, and ordering before that particular phase comes up. So I teach my students about having, I have six phases to construction. And so with that, um, I need to be able to make sure that the projects are running smoothly. All right. So uh, we have like, a, I have like a list of questions for you, but something that you said, I want to deviate. You said students, mm-hmm. can you tell us, what do you mean students? How does somebody become a student? What do you teach? What is that like? Okay. So that's one of my other many hats that I wear. So I do have an education platform. And with my educational platform, I do have mentees. So I take on a small intimate group every few months, where I'm teaching them how to fund how to find, fund, and fix bills. So the three Fs, finding, funding, and fixing bills. So we go over everything from how to obtain lending, whether it's private lending sources to hard money lenders, to how to be able to fix a project from A to Z. So we talk about the different phases of construction, uh, uh, as well as uh, grandma houses, if they just need a little tight cosmetic rehabs, you know, something uh, in and out, or if it needs a full gut, or if it's new construction, we go over numbers. So how to analyze deals so that you know how to be able to approach lenders as well. You have to speak with confidence when talking with lenders. So those are my three components that I uh, own in, in my course, uh, which is well, my mentorship, which is finding funding and fixing bills. Okay. So here's what we're going to do since, you know, we talked a little bit for you're, you're pressed on time. You're going to have to come back you don't have to go into more detail on what it is that you do for students and how you can teach people to do what you do. Is that fair? Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So uh, the question that I had, first question that I have for you, what's the most important lesson that you've learned over your career? And when I say career, I want you to focus specifically on the construction. So what's one thing that you really learned? Like what's the important lesson you learned over construction contracting? One thing that I think is just continuing to uphold integrity. I think that's a big thing because you have deadlines, you have contracts that are in place um, and you want to be able to deliver um, 
a product. And I say that not just for me within my business, but the people that I'm working with as well. Uh, because when I'm hiring persons, you have to do your due diligence and you want to be able to make sure um, you, you can't always know, but as long as you have your checklist and you go from there, you know that you've done your best and you haven't cut corners, but to make sure that you uphold integrity, because that's the biggest thing. Um, you want people to keep on coming back or you want people to refer you from your business. So in construction, it can be kind of cutthroat, as some people say, or um, it can be very difficult at times. So finding a lot of times people say finding good contractors is hard to come by. So you want to be able to uphold integrity, keep your word um, in this business. And so I think that uh, just being upfront when your contracts and stuff. So if a person gives you a price, let's say for $50,000, then you want to make sure that you stick to that. And in your contract, if it specifies that there's an inflation of materials or so forth, you want to make sure that you have certain clauses in place or else you're going to have to keep your word on that price. Uh, so you definitely want to make sure that uh, you're just upholding integrity. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, it, it hasn't. It's something that I've seen within the business per se, but it's not, and it's something that I've just learned to respect and value more, but it's not something that I need to learn because um, I am very trustworthy and honest. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I definitely think that it's a big thing in the business though. And you value it so much. When I find good some subcontractors, I value it so much um, when they're upfront, when they're honest, uh, and it just makes me keep on coming back. So I, I wish we had time or time, but here, here's the thing: like you said, good contractor. <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? A good contractor? Mm -hmm. Could you explain that? Mm -hmm. So I define uh, a good contractor as someone who's reliable, someone who upholds good customer service and is um, responsive. That's a big okay. thing. Um, right now, I'm chasing somebody down for a permit that I shouldn't have to. Uh, so I don't really like that part of it. Um, What's a permit? So, <laughs> so we got to break things so down. We got to get, you know, as simple as mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about construction, you want to keep in mind that you need to be able to file for um, documentation that allows you to do things at properties. So allows you to do certain work. So we have to obtain a permit, which is a document that allows you to do the work. Uh, so I need a plumbing permit currently, and I need all my mechanical permits, which are plumbing, HVAC, and electric. HVAC stands for heating, air conditioning, ventilation. Wait, yeah. Heating, air conditioning, ventilation, and uh, what am I? I'm missing heating, one. Ventilation, okay, air HVAC. conditioning. Yeah, air conditioning. Sorry, HVAC. Yes, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, am I missing a C? But no, yes. So there you go. So I uh, need permits from HVAC, from uh, electric, and from plumbing. And I am missing my plumbing currently. And so, yes, I can't do an inspection. So that holds me up. So you want to be able to also put things in place with contracts where um, if they're holding you up and they say they're going to deliver by this time, then you can potentially give an incentive if they, sorry, um, you or take something away, if they're holding you up, a penalty. penalty. But if they do finish early, then you want to be able to give an incentive. So it goes both ways. Um, so in this situation, this person is holding me up. Um, so yeah, so we'll have a discussion. We'll go from there. But yeah, that's what a permit is. 
so I'm a good contractor, someone that's reliable, somebody that's responsive, somebody has good customer service, upholds integrity, uh, and gets the job done efficiently. Okay. So next question that I have for you is, is it's not mm-hmm. one of the list. It's not one on the list, but, um, okay. did you, did you, what got you into construction? Could you talk about that story and that process? Like what made you become a contractor? I'm a control freak. You want me to elaborate on that? Yes. Because contracting contracting is mm-hmm. one of the most difficult parts of the business. That's why I, I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I'm fine just wholesaling until I figure something out. I don't want to manage these mm-hmm. other people. People are the most difficult to manage. Everything else is fine, but people... It's mm-hmm. something else. And then we, the stories you hear about these contractors, oh, man. So, yeah, please talk talk about that. Like, why did you decide to become a contractor? Okay. So, I decided to become a contractor because I was doing a project. It was actually my first uh, hard money deal. And it was a 3,000 square foot house. And for anyone who was in real estate, the person, I was new to this, and the person quoted me about fifty dollars to $60,000 for construction. We already know off the back, $56,000 do like practically a full gut renovation uh, is definitely not a price. We're definitely looking at six figures and not five. Uh, So with that being said, I noticed that he wasn't delivering. I needed him to deliver by the floor because I was trying to get tenants in there and rent by the floor. Um, so by the floor, I noticed that he wasn't getting done, uh, in a timely manner, like we discussed before I onboarded him. And so with that being said, I asked for, I had learned from a real estate investing group in Philadelphia. I had learned how to be able to kind of vet contractors a little bit. And it's one thing that I teach my students now about obtaining per, um, not permits, obtaining licenses obtaining insurances, but I didn't know about any of this at the time. So when I finally asked him like, Hey, do you have um, a license number? Do you have a company? He's like, Oh yeah, I'm licensed and insured and everything like that. And he gave me his card. And I looked up his company because uh, city of Philadelphia does have a pretty good website where you can look up these things. And he was nowhere to be found. I looked him up by name, by company, tried to change a little bit of the spelling around a little bit. And yes, he was nowhere to be found. He has no license number. So it just was not, working. Uh, so I did wind up firing him. He showed me an activities license. And for those of you who are in Philadelphia, even though I know your audience uh, reaches farther, but in Philadelphia, activity license, you need that to do business, but you don't need that. You need it to be a contractor as well, but you also need your contractor's license. So he only had an activity license. He didn't have a contractor's license. That's when I knew that I needed to take control of my projects and I didn't like that I was giving him money. We had schedules, um, but he just wasn't working in the manner that I liked. So I took over my projects from there and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> Boss babes, right? Boss babe. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. So next, next, um, I'm going to cut some of the questions short because I know you got to go. Next question I have for you is... <sighs> What's the biggest challenge you're facing in your business currently? Mm-hmm. And what, what, what are you doing to tackle that challenge? Mm-hmm. So I talked a little bit about one of the biggest things in the beginning that you need to have within your business is systems organization. And it's something that is a ongoing process for me. Uh, and so I've started implementing as of 
uh, last year, I started implementing processes from using Trello, from uh, using certain Google uh, Docs, Google spreadsheets and developing like that to keep um, track. But now it's more so I need to work a lot on delegation. I cannot be the bookkeeper, the administrative assistant, the contractor, the uh, field inspector. I cannot be all of those things. I can't be everywhere at once. So the beginning of this year, it kind of took like a little of a hit because I lost my bookkeeper as well as my assistant. So now I am in the hiring process, but I am working towards having a better hiring process. Um, so with that being said, I think the biggest challenge for me is delegating because once again, I told you I'm a control freak a little bit. And so I may micromanage a little bit. And I need to accept and understand that everybody is not going to be like me. <laughs> um, and I just am working towards delegating tasks. So hiring a few assistants uh, and not giving everyone, you know, multiple tasks and so forth, breaking them down by businesses and so forth. So uh, one thing that I do love is when people work for me, I like them to tell me the things that were positive as well as the things that need to be improved in a business. And then I take those things to improve myself as a leader. Awesome. So there's a constant theme here and it's like, you do multiple things. There's so much going on. And um, I want to kind of you know, hit on that theme a little bit more. So you mentioned uh, delegating and you can't be the bookkeeper, the contract, you can't be all these things. Of those many things, what would you say is your favorite thing to do? Hmm. Though I told you I wear a hat as a contractor mostly, mm -hmm. my favorite thing is being a landlord. My favorite thing is literally ha, getting my money at the first of every month <laughs> and uh, providing once again, like I, it says in my bio, affordable houses, but houses that people are like, wow, this is a rental. Like when people come into my house, they're like, you're renting this. Why are you doing this? Like one of my rentals, I have flowing stairs. Like I did that because I had it in the budget to do it. So why not give someone something of luxury? Um, and then you just have standards in place for your renters. A lot of people get scared, like, oh, renters are going to mess it up and so forth. And I don't live my life like that. I feel as though that's why you have things in contracts. That's why I ask for two months security instead of just one month, because these are um, lux rentals in a sense. Some of them, most, most of them. Uh, so with that being said, uh, you just have certain things in place, but I do like to provide affordable and nice living spaces uh, for those that are in need. So that has been the biggest thing that I like and also the biggest reward um, from taking people from shelters and um, so forth or people with less bedroom vouchers, but I can be able to help them out because it was within my budget. So um, I definitely love that part of being a landlord. Okay. So, uh, you got a lot of successes. You do a lot of awesome and amazing things, but let's, let's like, I go, go the first way. Right. So what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Mm -hmm. So my biggest failure is actually my largest success story to date. And I say that to say that what, everyone perceives as a failure can turn out to actually be just a learning curve to be able to perfect your business going forward. So don't be afraid to fail because those are some of your biggest lessons. So mine was that 
my second home that I got into hard money, I bought two homes in 2018. Uh, the one where I had to fire the contractor and then I bought another one. That one I didn't finish until three years later. <laughs> and just imagine paying $23 to $2,600 a month for three years to hard money. So that's already 80 plus thousand dollars that you're spending plus um, fees to continue with the loan. Um, uh, so a lot of money was spent with hard money. My appraised value at that time was $350,000 for the home. And I went through so much. I did structural. So this was like one of my first full gut renovations, like full, full gut, all mechanics and everything. And long story short, <laughs> I went through underpinning. I did structural where I did a third floor addition and a rooftop deck. So I'm new to this process and doing all the structural stuff. Underpinning cost alone, like 25,000. Uh, so I'm taking on all of this as a new full-time, like full-time investor, and full-time full gut renovation investor. Cause I was an investor previously, but just not in the full gut renovation realm. Um, $350,000 that home appraised for three years ago. And I recently sold that home for $430,000. It was my biggest sell to date with my biggest mistakes or biggest learning curves, I'm going to say, because I don't want to say mistakes, but with so many people perceived as a failure, you just need to sell it as is and so forth. I literally waited to the finish line. It kind of put me in a little depressive state. So there had been months where I went without working on the home. It, it just was a lot. Uh, but I've learned so much from that house. I made so many connections. I cried when I sold it. It was just Knowing that I started something and I finished it, no matter how long it took me, it was one of my biggest failures, learning curve slash success stories. Right. It's all, it all depends on how you look at it. I agree 100%. I don't really believe in failures. However, um, we're, we're getting mm -hmm. tight on time, but I do want to ask you this, because sometimes I think people will take that, uh, don't be afraid to fail like that phrase or that statement and use it as a justification to do things unguided or ignorantly. Could you talk about that? Like talk about that, please. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, uh, I have a girlfriend who has a book that's called because she jumped, uh, join a Jane. And basically I think that you should jump. Should you educate yourself first on what you're getting into? Yes. But when it comes to my mentees, for example, who are like, yeah, um, what makes my mentorship different is that I'm, I'm helping people to actually get out there and do the work, not just teach it. Okay. So not just giving content. So being a little bit more hands-on, giving them homework, giving them tasks. And the reason why they resonate with my mentorship is because they've just got the content for so many years and then they're lost. Like, well, where do I start? Well, you know, yeah, where to start. Implementation. You just need you need, yeah, you need, you need to just, you need to push now, it seems like, because you know where to start. Um, and so I tell people to, real estate is a risk, jump, but educate yourself first. If you watch YouTube for the last year, I think you've got a sense of what to do. If you've, if you've gone to a lot of REI meetings, meetup.com and so forth, you know, local investing groups, jump, like, just go ahead and do it. Just do it. You have the information up here. You're just scared to move forward. So um, just take the risk and figure it out on the way. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, I, I think we can get two more questions in. The first question, because I want to know okay. this about you personally. Uh, the first okay. the question that I have is, what do people misunderstand about you most? That I'm aggressive. Hmm. So I think that people confuse sometimes when women uh, are in potentially male-dominating fields as being aggressive. And I think you need to look at it more as just being a person that wants to get the things done and done correctly. I told you earlier that I have values when it comes to finding good contractors, finding good people on my team. And so, for example, I had a conversation with a gentleman today and he felt maybe like I was being a little aggressive, potentially. He didn't say that word per se, but I definitely felt, felt the projection of it. Um, and what he's not understanding is that he told me he would deliver my finished product in January. So how should I feel that it's now April 1st and right. he has not finished his job? So with that being said, um, it's a matter of as a woman, this field is very difficult, but don't mistake me being assertive for aggression. Uh, in this business, I need to make sure that people are getting things done and we all all on a time frame. I gave you the example of that home that took three years to get done uh, because of a lot of issues. And um, I learned from there what I needed to do to improve in my business. And sometimes I have to be a little bit more assertive to get the things done that should be getting done in a timely manner and um, which they say will get done. <laughs> well, you know, I know all about being called aggressive, so. I don't, I, I understand completely. Uh, last, I have a last question for you, then maybe we'll get like a, a closing statement, right? So where can we find, where can listeners find out more about you online? All right. So you can find out more about me on mainly Instagram, even though Jerome loves Facebook. <laughs> um, I am at my life is real estate on IG. Also, you can check out some of the things that I offer occasionally. So I uh, come out with sometimes my build your wealth training. I have a rehab tour that I do occasionally. And I'm working with Jerome on my first ebook that I will be putting out there. So uh, stay tuned for that. All of these things will be either on Stephanie Smith or if you go Stephanie Smith, which is my page now, it used to be Stephanie Madeline on Facebook. Um, or Instagram at my life is real estate. So on Facebook is facebook.com backslash my life is real estate. That's the easiest so, way to find me. <laughs> so you, I will, right. I'll do my part. I'll make sure I send this over to my editor, but we need links from you. You got a link for each one of those offers and we'll make sure we put those in the show notes. Right. Yep. Uh, do you have, yep. do you have a site on, I know we only got a minute left, but you need a site about just you. Like Stephanie, remember we talked about that? Stephanie Madeline or <laughs> Stephanie Smith.com or something. What are we going to oh, do about we'll that? We'll work on it. We'll work right. on it. All right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Stephanie, I appreciate you so much. Do you have any final closing statements before we go? Uh, for anyone that's looking to get into real estate, definitely, I will say, continue to educate yourself. I definitely believe in professional development. Um, also I would say, continue to be, just be consistent in anything that you want to do. If you want to wholesale, it definitely takes being consistent. If you want to do fix and flipping, you definitely need to know your numbers and be consistent. If you want to be a landlord, be consistent when finding those deals to be able to get you into position. So consistency is key. Um, and along with your ambition, your determination, remember that you can say that you want to do these things, but until you start, until you 
implement these practices into your life, they will only be ideas. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate you so much. You got to come back so we can get more detailed and we can break down some of that complex language that you were talking about. Because we, as professionals, we make the mistake of thinking that everybody understands what we're talking about and um, <laughs> people are out there learning. So we're going to we're going to bring you back. We're going to break that down. And we're going to talk about that. How not to flop your flip product that you have. All right. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. Thank you Stephanie. so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye.